0: This is the Dealer News Today podcast, the podcast for automotive executives and the professionals who support them. From the Dealer News Today headquarters, here's your host, Dave Canton with Andrew Cherkasky.
1: Dave, good afternoon. How are you?
0: Andy, it is a good afternoon, and I'm just sitting here excited because I heard you got some news that you want to share, and you wouldn't tell me until we came on the show. So <laughs> I I'm
1: know. Ready. Well, it's a good day. We're in different locations, which uh, partially explains why you have not uh, I haven't given you the news yet. We're talking cross-country today because you had to attend... Uh, to some business and personal things on the East Coast, but that's okay. We're going to keep the show rolling. We've got some really great guests lined up both today as well as uh, throughout the remainder of this week. And so we're not going to let this uh, show rest. Here's the big news uh, in, in my household, in in my business. I finally received my funding for the PPP program. Those of you who have listened uh, diligently know that I had applied and that I seem to have made the back of the list with round one, well, it seems like round two uh, treated me pretty well, and I received my funding. And so I wanted to talk to you a little bit about that, and a little bit about the criticism that larger companies and really uh, very profitable profitable companies have gotten through the public, and and many have actually returned that money. Um, And so I kind of wanted to open up that discussion and talk a little bit about it.
0: And the first, let me say congratulations. I know you have been sitting there waiting for it. You know, you run an incredible law firm, but it's a smaller size law firm. And you depend and rely on, on not being able to operate and not being able to operate over the past two months, you know, has, has not been great. And, you know, for everyone who knows and listens to the show, you also are the general counsel for DCG. Uh, but, you know, you do, you know, you, you, you rely on operating in that PPP program. I know, you know, you have, you have people on staff that you, that you don't want to have to let go, that you want to fund and pay and keep them on. And I'm so happy and excited for you. But let me yeah. tell you my position on this PPP program, because I can't hold back. OK, it bothers me. OK, it bothers me because, you know, as a CEO, I have a fiduciary responsibility. OK, to everyone in my company to create the most profit by doing business the right way. And for me and for every other business out there in the entire world, nobody could have foreseen this pandemic coming. There was no way to properly plan for it. All I do is wake up every day, okay? And I motivate and try to inspire everyone within the DCG brand. And we, 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 we literally find a way to give every resource at our disposal. And there's not a day that we're not putting in, you know, 8, 9, 12, 14, 18 hours. I don't count hours. For me, I'm not an hours person. I'm a quality person. Okay. And at the end of the day, when I hear a company that's forced because of a public relations move to hand back a check, because they might've worked harder, they might've created some incredible marketing campaigns that resulted in great profits. When I hear a company, that has to give the money back because they feel like if they don't, it's going to be bad public relations, PR press for their firm. It pisses me off because at the end of the day, if you have two firms, two companies, and they each have a hundred employees and one does a hundred million in revenue and one does 10 million in revenue. Okay. The problem is much bigger than who should get the PPP program. The problem starts up above. And at the end of the day, the company that does 10 million shouldn't, be just okay it's acceptable to give them the ppp program to keep their staff on everyone wants to keep people employed and the program is developed to keep people working which we need to do and nobody should be scrutinized if you qualify for the
1: program you know dave i've got uh, opinions on this as well i'll share them on the other side of the break uh, a word from our sponsor this podcast is sponsored by dcg
0: capital dcg capital's lender relationships can provide new car dealers with working capital loans, floor plan financing, mortgage loans, and other reduced interest rate financing at historically low rates. Contact DCG Capital at davecantongroup.com.
1: You know, my my opinion on it is similar to you in many respects, uh, a little bit different in others. You know, I look at this uh, even from a, a liberal perspective, the idea here is that the the government in a purely capitalistic society isn't going to rescue any companies. You're either going to survive or you're not. but that's not the the world we live in and and the government is here to help. Who is it here to help? Well, there's been a lot of criticism that the PPP program is there to help the executives. I don't think so. You know, when you really look at it and you look at my case, as a, as a particularly small example, but you can look at it really through the lens of just about any other uh, perspective as well. What you have here are businesses who are able to remain operating, businesses that are able to remain or keep people employed. Personally, I don't know if we would have been able to make it with our staff uh, had we not received this program. Would have been close, would have been a a situation where we would have seen kind of how the next few months played out, but I wouldn't be able to say with 100% certainty that I would have been able to continue to pay those individuals who work for me at my firm if this this program didn't come through. They wouldn't have survived on uh, unemployment checks. It wouldn't have been enough. It wouldn't have been what they are typically making. It would have had impacts on their ability to pay rent and mortgages, support their family in the way that they had uh, become accustomed to. And and this is really kind of across the board with without regard to exactly how much a person is making, but it's their ability to continue going. So by funding the company to be able to keep my employees working um, and and really secure that, I think it did way more than just a welfare check or a, an unemployment check would have done for the 16 weeks that that's available that the government puts that out there. So I, I'm so a big fan of it. Right this.
0: back to my point, Andy, okay? You know, when someone decides to, to take on a serious debt and stay in school longer, when someone decides to take a greater risk and create create some sort of a a future for themselves of making a a, a big big money every year, whatever that number might be that, that that equates to way more than what an unemployment check would be, you're hurting them by not accepting these funds and by having to forelow them or letting them go because they're obviously accustomed. To to utilizing those funds that are that are that they're, they're used to getting every month, right? And when they're when they're when they're forced to go on unemployment, they're getting a lot less money, and then they're starting to lose the ability to pay for their family support uh, as far as housing and cars and food and everything else that goes along with their monthly expense. It's important that every business understands that you have to operate, and I get it. You know, this is tough right now. You know, this is this is a global effect that this has really created this pandemic. Uh, you know obviously no one could have foreseen this coming but you know at the end of the day they got to stop scrutinizing who takes the money and who doesn't i mean it's just politics all over the place and it's got to
1: end right well uh, great points great conversation uh something that we should continue in the future um i love when we kind of delve into uh politics from a business perspective without being particularly uh political ourselves um with that i know we've got just a fantastic guest today. I promise the listeners that this guest is somebody you want to stay tuned for and really pay attention to. Dave, tell us who's on the show today. Today, we have a seasoned executive. I'm glad to bring on the show, Judy Wheeler,
0: Division Vice President, Dealer Network and Development and Customer Quality for Nissan and Infinity of North America. Uh, Judy is going to hop on. You know, she is involved. I think she oversees 900 people at Nissan and Infiniti. She's in charge of of call centers all across the United States and Canada. And she's hearing firsthand exactly what the customer issues that they're experiencing throughout this
1: pandemic dealing with their vehicles. Talk about getting the the generals of industry on our show. Uh, This is certainly one without further delay. Let's get her on the show. Ladies and gentlemen, with us this afternoon, we have Judy Wheeler, Division Vice President
0: for Dealer Network and Development and Customer Quality with Nissan North America. Judy, good afternoon. How are you today? I'm great, Dave. Thanks for having me. Well, thank you so much for taking time to hop on today. You know, look, there's so much going on in the world today, so much change happening uh, you know, it, this is such an important interview because we understand. You know, there's so much that you do for Nissan and Infiniti uh, w- between North America and Canada, uh, and and you know, obviously, consumer confidence is one of the greatest concerns today. You know, getting customers to to feel safe again, getting customers, you know, just out in the out in public. Right? Um, I understand that you uh, it, that, that, that that one of your roles there is, is obviously. Uh, uh, handling this this call center between North America and Canada, and 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 understanding firsthand, you know what's happening out there, what the customers are saying. Can you tell us a little bit about that, Judy? Yes, we have call centers throughout the United States and Canada, and I mean, right
2: now it's been interesting because we expected that we would be overwhelmed with calls, and the reality was that actually the calls started to come down. Now, what has happened is our sister company, our financial arm, NMAC, have been extremely busy. And so what happens is the overflow calls do end up in our call centers. And so then we enter into that process as well. So one of the things that we've really seen is this need for customers to defer payments. So in fact, we've worked with over 251,000 customers since this started getting their payments deferred. That's probably been the biggest thing that we've seen. Um, and then assisting customers on locating a dealership that's open because there have been certain areas that have been harder hit and where it's been very difficult to get your vehicle in
1: for service. Judy, th- uh, that's great that you're working directly with the customers. And it's great to hear that so many customers are uh, able to have an opportunity to to work through this time and, and, and deal with uh, credit issues and and uh, funding issues that they may be having. What are what's Nissan doing to work with the dealerships to essentially get to the customers and to make the experience for customers more accessible and and available during this time?
2: Well, number one, we really worked on trying to assist them in changing their model and making sure that where they can that they offer the service, either whether we're talking about sales or we're talking about service, that it try to do as much as possible online. And then also to do pickup and delivery, whether we're talking about sales or service. So a lot of dealerships have done that. And they because of that, they had to change their advertising and, and what they had on their own personal websites. So we've really given them a lot of advice on how to go about doing that and giving them recommendations. Um, and one of the other things that we've really uh, recently worked on is, okay, now as you open up the dealership, As that's been happening, where customers are physically coming into some of these markets where maybe they were closed, we've actually provided some guidelines of kind of the do's and don'ts um, within the dealership just to make customers feel more comfortable. So that's been like a big change and really took us a long time to put that together and make sure that we were 100% confident in what we were recommending to our dealers.
0: Judy, let me ask you a question. You know, Nissan has been around for such a long time and has done such a, you know, such a great job of building great name recognition in the United States and Canada. What are some things on an executive level uh, that that Nissan's doing or, or guiding their, their, their staff, like district managers around the country that are used to walking into dealerships that can't anymore, especially to deal with customer issues? You know, we know we have these call centers, but how how is Nissan... Uh, uh, guiding their district managers, their sales managers throughout around the country? So if you're talking specifically about our own staff, um,
2: we have been not physically going into the dealerships, or physically going into our buildings, um, really since I guess it's in the middle of March. So we've been working virtual office since then, same way with our staff that calls on dealers. So everything now is via Zoom and phone calls and text messages. And so we've been very clear on, we are there to assist them. And it may be dealing with customers that we need to find, uh, you know, assist them into getting into getting repairs and handling that to some of the things that we've done that I think are quite innovative is we've done um, all training now is virtual office or virtual as in through Zoom. So believe it or not, we're doing technical training for technicians um, via Zoom. Uh, We're doing sales training, we're doing um, management training, um, we're doing vehicle launch via Zoom. And because we, for many dealerships, they actually have been bringing their staff back because they've gotten um, small business administrative loans. So they're starting to bring them back or they're having them work. And so we want to make sure that we keep them busy and we're keeping them trained. So we thought this was a real opportunity. So that's going on. Um, And then as far as the district managers calling on the dealers, they're providing service and a lot of guidance as far as, you know, what does your website look like? How can I assist you? Do you need any vehicles? Um, You know, anything that they can do to assist them, that's what they're doing right now.
1: You know, Judy, we hear from many dealers uh, around the country of various different sizes doing all sorts of innovative steps to ensure that they're Businesses succeed through this difficult time. Whether it's how they're handling their employees, whether it's how they're handling the the local, uh, just local citizens, helping them out, or what they're doing to actually increase their potential for sales as the country kind of reopens and and people are interested in purchasing vehicles again. Uh, we're also hearing from manufacturers doing all sorts of different things. To encourage the same sort of thing. Um, really on the on the sales side, on, on building consumer confidence and the availability, what's Nissan doing to set itself apart to making uh, big purchases like a, v- uh, a new vehicle more accessible? Uh, something that's a, a real option for consumers out there.
2: Yeah, we're really working with, uh, you know, we uh, number one, promoting e-commerce and making sure as much as possible is available to. Consumers online, Because I think that you're going to see when consumers, even when things start opening up, um, as we're starting to see across the United States, consumers may be a little bit hesitant to go into um, some businesses that they normally would have gone into. So we want to encourage them to make sure that their advertising focuses on, we will do everything online. We will deliver to you sales or service. Um, you know, we'll do pickup and delivery. So those are some things. In fact, we had a really great example of a dealership in California, Carson, Nissan, you know, who really stepped up this challenge um, and really wrapped their arms around our advertising um, focus, which is we care about you initiative. And they took that to an all new level um, where they're, you know, really getting their dealership staff trained to ensure that they were in alignment with this as well where they offered home delivery of pre-owned and new vehicles, easy online and text-based service appointments and reminders, special programs and financing offers, no money down, deferred payments, cash assistance, touchless paperwork emailed to you, pickup and delivery of the vehicles, maintenance. Um, So those are things that, you know, is a real-world example, but those are the things that we're encouraging and sharing those best practices. And I think that's what we're going to need to do as we are not only coming back from this, but as we you know, go through this next year and into the future.
0: You know, Judy, Carson Auto Group is about 40 minutes from from my home. And I always hear and see them doing incredible things. They've been around for a long time and they're definitely a staple in, in the Southern California market. I'm happy to hear that. And obviously that's the same message uh, that you have to hope for for all dealers across the United States and Canada, that they have to create as much frequency and reach sharing that one message of stepping up for the customer you know i must ask you judy one of the greatest concerns that andy and i have been hearing from some of the largest auto groups across the nation is inventory supply you know obviously yes. obviously there's 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 a million car i mean i think on average about a million cars a month that come off of lease plus cars that are replaced and now caught and now cars that are going to be needed for households that people uh, won't utilize mass transit or Uber rideshare moving forward. Uh, and, P- and they're scared with a, with a possible surge post-COVID that they're going to be out of inventory. And I'm hearing from dealers that they're trying to, you know, call around to, to other dealers uh, surrounding them and in other states to buy inventory. Uh, how's Nissan? Is Nissan in a position where you guys have a pretty good amount of inventory to get through this post-COVID-19 uh, sales surge? I think we're going to be okay. I mean, our we went into
2: this with a pretty good inventory supply, and um, you know, we will be back producing vehicles now on May eighteenth, which has been in the public. Um, you know, we've announced that, and so we feel like we're in pretty good shape. Um, we may not be as you know heavily on our inventory as we used to be, but by the time I think. We're really starting to see production up to its normal level. Yeah, the dealers are going to get lower on inventory, but we think for the most part, we're going to be OK. You know,
1: That's Judy, great. Fantastic. Judy, one of the things that uh, we like to, to expose on this show, because we have talked to so many uh, awesome executives who we know work about 22 hours a day. How has this uh, last seven, eight weeks changed your life? What are you doing differently day to day?
2: Well, I spend my entire day on Zoom meetings. So I start um, at eight o'clock normally in Zoom meetings, and my last one normally gets done between six and seven in the evening. And the hard part about it is uh, just the number of emails that come in while you're sitting in Zoom meetings. And you know where you could have probably multitasked when you were in meetings previously? This is a whole different environment because they can tell whether or not you're engaged when they see your face. Um. And so they can tell if you're looking down or they can tell if you've switched the screen on them and are, are working. So I try not to do that with my staff and I'm about 900 people on my team. So I try to be present. That means in the evening, I'm literally sitting on the couch, you know, maybe watching a show, um, having a glass of wine and digging through emails late at night. I send a letter every day to my entire organization um, uh, where I you know, talk about what's transpired during the day. What did we do that was cool and innovative? And then also talking about some of the quick wins and some of the things that we're going to be working on. And then I feature a working from home star. And it's like a six questions that I give the employees that they fill out and then they send them to me. And I share that because I want every day for them to be inspired. And I want them to learn more about
0: the people in which they're working with that's absolutely incredible you know one of I, I read this article the other day on 13 ways that a CEO or an executive inspires their team and you just hit it right on the head that's absolutely incredible I love it Judy Andy and I dealer News today podcast cannot thank you enough for taking time out of your day and getting on this podcast and speaking to the automotive industry uh, it's, it's it's so appreciative. Uh, Judy Wheeler, Division Vice President of Dealer Network uh, Development and Customer Quality for Nissan North America. Thank you so much. Stay healthy and stay safe.
1: Thanks for having me. It is so great to have Judy on the show and hear her perspectives. You know, she really strikes me as the sort of leader who uh, takes that that initiative, follows all of the, the guidance that you are there to build up your people, to listen to them. I love her comments about even how she's paying attention to, to Zoom uh, calls. I am not that well-disciplined. I got to tell you, my, my Zoom decorum is not great.
0: <laughs> you know, at the end of the day, we've, we've been hearing the same thing for seven weeks. Leadership, leadership, leadership. And, you know, I got to say this, you know, Judy is a leader. She is a seasoned executive. Uh, and today, more than ever, we must inspire and motivate our team. And look, Andy, you know, look. If I was to sit there on our DCG Zoom calls and I was slouching over my computer or I kept getting up and walking away, or if I was looking at text messages on my phone, guess what? That allows everyone in my company to do the same thing. So, you know, everyone should take a page out of Judy's little things, right? You got to lead lead as you expect others to follow you. Bottom
1: line. That's true. That's true. And we see that every day. Um, There's so much initiative, so much Uh, ingenuity that's called for in these times. It's those of us who can change in the, in the, in the face of change that will succeed. And it is those who resist that change that will fail. I guarantee that.
0: You know, Andy, every week that we do this show, it becomes more of the norm of how we're operating in business. We hear time and time again, you know, virtual operating, virtual offices, virtual meetings, virtual walk arounds, test drives. Everything's virtual today, right? At the end of the day, we must adapt to the new normal, the new now, I call it. And we have to literally lead by example. And that's what we are. Everyone's a leader somehow, some way. An incredible show today, Andy. Incredible interview with Judy Wheeler. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening. We got incredible lineup this week. I don't want to give it away, so stay tuned and hop on every day this week because we got great shows coming to you. Ladies and gentlemen, stay healthy and stay strong. Until next time, this is Dealer News Today.